This is a SJC Radio production. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Pit Stop with Mr. Bird on SJC Radio. Welcome to episode seven. Joined by the usual crew, uh, Joe and Ed. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Pit Lane News. Williams have confirmed their driver lineup for next year with Latifi and Russell. This puts to bed any. Uh, speculation that Perez will be replacing uh, Russell because of his uh, superior financial backing. Very good. Anything um, else? Any, um, any other Formula One news? Yeah, some big news actually. Um, for me, some quite good news. Ooh, um, okay, both Haas drivers are leaving Haas. Are you so pleased about that? I am pleased about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's time for a shake-up, to be honest. I, I, I agree. Um, yes. They... They had, they've been pretty poor. Mm. Um, 2019, 2020, they've been pretty bad. Um, and a lot of that is down to their drivers. Tell you what, if, if I was the team owner of Haas, I, I would throw the towel in. What, what, what's the point in Haas? What is it? They're not, well, mid, they're, well, they're, they're they're not, not midfield, but they're not bad they, enough to be... I know yeah. that. Mm. If they disappeared, you wouldn't, wouldn't you notice. You wouldn't notice, no. would you? No, but um, it's, it'll be interesting to see who... Replaces. Any rumours about? Uh, there are some oh. F2 drivers that could be come up. Um, there was also a rumour about promoted. Perez. Perez coming in there, perhaps Schumacher. Well, that's um, what I heard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Schumacher is going to be in Formula One. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Which is where he ends up. Yeah. yeah, and I think he will end up at Haas because. Oh, what engine do they have? Haas. Ferrari. Ferrari. That does and make sense. I think he will end up at Haas because Alfa Romeo have confirmed yeah, and Giovinazzi for 2021. Okay, Schumacher for Haas, I think that's going to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. it'll be. It'll just be a question of whether who replacing whether it will be a more experienced driver like Hulkenberg or Perez or someone new from F2 like um, Nikita Mazepin. And there's rumours of his father buying shares in the team. Um, so, Ooh. which because we need another pay driver, don't we? Well, yeah, exactly. Or perhaps Kalmyler because he's uh, in the Fry Junior Academy driver, and he was supposed well. to be testing. For Haas at the Nurburgring in three practice one, but of course that got Ooh. rained off. Oh, okay. Um, so there's lots of possibilities there. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And there's also Gasly is confirmed at AlphaTauri. Yeah, he's yeah. not going to go after Red Bull. I don't know. He's probably happier. He's probably there's less pressure at AlphaTauri, yeah. isn't there? I think there's a. They haven't confirmed Kvyat, so no. that leaves the door open, and I think they have alluded to it. Uh, Sunder. Who? Sunoda. Sunoda, sorry. Sunoda uh, coming Yuki up Sunoda. from, from uh, F2, F2 if he gets enough license. And he is um, part of that Red Bull programme. And I think he's supposed to be testing for them 
later this year. I think it's quite healthy for the sport to have F2 drivers coming up to Formula One. I think that's quite healthy. Yeah. Um, okay. It means you've got a steady flow of young drivers getting promoted. Absolutely. <laughs> Race reports. Well, of course, we're reporting on two weekends, aren't we? Mm-hmm. It's probably quite a lot to talk about. Should we start with F1? F1, that sounds sensible. So we're going to go back to the Portuguese race. Yes. Okay. That was the week uh, we had predictions for that. Yes. I'm aware. I think I've got them hideously wrong. Yes, I'm aware. <laughs> and I'm also aware that I might have got them hideously right. I think you might have done. Yeah. But I'm not sure you should get as much credit because it is just the Hamilton Bottas for Sappen yeah. trio. That, but that. it is quite predictable. Uh, that's probably my least favourite thing about F1 for me, the least attractive thing. Especially at the moment. It's, it's very just, predictable. It's, it's too dominant. Mercedes have already won. There's never been domination like this. There has never been. We've had dominant teams before. If we go back to 1988, McLaren won 15 out of 16. But the next year, 89, it was more competitive. And 1990 was very competitive. You might say that the Ferrari era from 90. Nine, nine to I think it was 04. 99 to 04. 04. 04. 04. Well, I think it stopped in 04 and 05 yeah. they weren't dominant. No. So that was five years, but we've never had. Well, this has been now 14, 15, 16, 17, seven, seven, seven years. And, and there's no. And that's the most for any team ever in F1. And there's no sign of this coming to an end. No. Well, perhaps with the new rate changes for 22. Okay. That could perhaps. perhaps mix things up a bit, but. You, and also, you know, Hamilton might retire. He has said that he might not be racing in F1 next year. So, but he has also said he plans on going nowhere. Um, yeah. And his, his, his body feels fine despite his age. He's going to keep on going before he feels restraints from his body. And what about Toto Wolff? I thought, isn't he going to? Isn't he going to retire? As it's all a bit up in the air. They never yeah. have been very clear on that. They've always said they want to keep going. Yeah. Uh, but then again, there's always possibility that they could. Could stop. You know what the best thing, the, the best change that could happen in Formula One is for, is for the Mercedes team to actually disband. Yes. Because then it would be competitive. But there's think, no competition with I Mercedes. think especially last year where it would have been a two race, had Mercedes not been there, it would yeah. have been a two horse race between Ferrari and Red Bull for the championship. Yeah. So that would have certainly made it more interesting. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, in terms of race supports, uh, Portuguese race, any, any thoughts about that? Um, it was quite interesting at the start with people making different tyre uh, tire choices for the start of the race. You see... Slight uh, rain as well, which made the start the first uh, yeah. few drops. So it made the first opening laps. Didn't Hamilton really fall back? Yes. Yeah, Hamilton, I think, and, dropped to P3. And Raikkonen did the absolute opposite, mm. where in the first lap, or first two laps, gained 10 places. He did, I did. I saw yeah. that, actually. Yeah, yeah and, um, you know, with the different tyre choices at the beginning of the race, you see... Carlos Sainz making moves, getting up to P1. Overtaking both Mercedes. Overtaking both Mercedes. And, um, so at one point it was a 1-4 for McLaren. That's a rare yeah. sight seeing you know, Obviously, Mercedes yeah. Unfortunately yes. for me, it didn't last long. Mm. And it was a pre... I think it was a, another Mercedes 1-2. Yeah, it was pretty well, processional was, after that. With it, was, in third. It, it was very processional after, after yeah. that. But the first opening laps were very exciting. Yeah. And what about what about the racetrack itself? What did you think of that? I... I personally thought it was a good track. I yeah, liked the I liked it. all the elevation. I didn't like I didn't like, I didn't like the new surface. 
which may which meant that uh, the cars couldn't go quite as quickly as they wanted around some. There wasn't as much grip. As okay, grip as you would like it, so it obviously yeah. didn't trust it as much. Yeah. So I don't believe they're going 100. percent But I, it was exciting. I think by modern standards, because it's a fairly new circuit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's got an awful lot of gradient. Yes. It's got some fast corners, but not many. Mm-hmm. Uh, long straight, but then again, most modern circuits have long okay. straight. So actually, yeah. it's a pretty good, a pretty good racetrack. Um, okay, moving on. So the the Grand Prix last weekend. Last week. Oh yes. well, can I just say, if we're talking about racetracks, um, Imola is a is a brilliant racetrack. It's got mm-hmm. lots of gradient. It's got fast corners. It's got trees. Would you like to have trees? <laughs> I thought I thought Imola looked, ama- looked amazing. Yeah, it, 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 was, it produced a quite a good race as well. Okay, what was the result? Remind me of the result again. <laughs> it was at Hamilton uh, uh, Hamilton Bottas, but a Ricardo P3. Another oh, one. What, another what? Ricardo podium. But they have said Cyril's not getting another uh, another tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Was it going to be a the usual, you know, top three? Did yeah. Verstappen have an issue with his? Verstappen has. There's I no think real footage rear... of it, which makes it which makes it very very odd. But uh, he uh... he had a rear right puncture. Right. Um, but, but he was on course of finishing third. Yes. yes. So it would have been our standard, you I know, our usual. It would be two. Actually, yeah, he was. Yes, he right. just overtaken he Bottas. Was. Yeah. yeah. And he. I think it was like a lap or a bit afterwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they think, um, Red Bull think that uh, the damage was caused by some debris which was created on the first lap by a racing point collision okay. with a Haas. It'd be a great shame if they don't go back to Imola next year. Next year. Um, if you could make one change to the Imola circuits, what would that be? To make it even better? Uh, they were saying quite a few times and I agreed with them. Making that DRS straight a little longer. There was often Ooh. times where if they had an extra 10 metres, 20 metres, they would have got it done. There was a couple of times it was frustrating watching. Um, Verstappen was very close and then had to pull back because you just get affected too much by the dirty air from Bottas. But I would argue it, if they got very close to overtaking, that probably means they got the DRS right because what we don't want to see is cars, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, is cars just sailing by too easily so they had they had to really fight to get by i would say they got that right i would say that would be a positive of the track yeah and it means that you see more you know more courage in the moves you know mm. people going for more extravagant overtakes the stappens was absolutely was very extravagant absolutely I, I like that so the the, the moves were at a higher risk yeah mm-hmm. they um, were and and surely if there if there's if the moves are higher risk that separates the the great drivers and the good drivers. Yeah, the great drivers will make those moves and will be able to execute them. The weaker drivers won't. So I, I would say, no, they got that spot on. Now, as you know, I'm into my racetracks. Now, the reason, the change I've made to him, it's a great race circuit. Um, and in fact, lots of changes were made after 1994. Because in 1994, that was the year that Ayrton Senna and Roland Ratzenberger were killed at Imola. And so that's why they chicaned the Tamburello corner. They used yeah. to be flat out, you know, left-hander. Um, now, the, the one change they made, which which I which I don't like, is after, okay, we've got that Tamburello chicane, which is a fast chicane. So I quite like that. There's a straight after that, followed by the Villeneuve chicane. Yeah. Now, 
I don't think they should have, that Villeneuve chicane is new. I think it's a great chain that chicane is there because it used to be a fast right-hand kink. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was called the same name, Villeneuve. But that straight after the Tamborello chicane is not long enough for people to overtake because you enter that chicane, that second chicane, far too quickly. Had they kept the, the, the fast right-hand kink, you would have overtaken into that left-hand hairpin, Tosa. I was supposed to go to Imola this year. I was going to go to watch the World Superbikes. I was, flights were booked, hotels were booked, and of course COVID um, hit. Um, but you never know, perhaps next year. Okay, I also believe there was uh, MotoGP, your area of expertise. There was. Uh, that was at Aragon, same venue as the previous round. Uh, I, my prediction was, do you remember what my prediction was? Well, I, said, I said Alex Marquez. Um, unfortunately, Alex Marquez was doing well, but he fell off. Now, actually, uh, it was won by uh, Morbidelli. That was the second win of the season. Um the weekend was dominated by Nakagami uh, on the Honda. Pole, didn't he? he took pole. He yeah. dominated every single practice session. He took pole, and would you believe it? He fell off on the first lap. Goodness so it, it, it was it was a bit anticlimactic the race because I was rather hoping that Nakagami might win or Alex Marquez might win to give us this ninth winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, a pair of them fell off. So. It was a little bit disappointing. It could have been a hugely exciting race, but it, it, it didn't pan out that way. We're going to look at championship positions. What have we got there? We got the MotoGP positions. Uh, yeah, we do. Right, so Ed, over to you. In first position at the moment, 137 points, it's uh, Joan Min. Yeah. Second, 123 points, Fabio Quattararo. So what's the gap first or second then? 14 points. 14 points. Now, there are... Three rounds left. Mm-hmm. Joanne Mir, who, as I said last week, hasn't won a race this year, also has never won a MotoGP. <laughs> Not only that, he never run a, a race in Moto2 either. Wow. He did dominate the Moto3 championship, however. Um, so it's looking likely we're going to have a, a world champion who's never won a MotoGP. I was reading an article the other day saying, does a rider who doesn't win a race deserve the title? Well, the gist of the article was that, yes, they would deserve the title because it's all about being consistent. And he has been the most consistent rider. So he's odds on to win the championship. Who's in third, Ed? Uh, Maverick Vinales on 118 points. And fourth? Franco Morbidelli. Ah, now Morbidelli is is the outside bet here because he won, as I said, at Aragon. Um, If he wins, it's 25 points for win. So if he wins the next race, which is actually this weekend... He'll be right back in the championship hunt, basically. Let's move on to what we're looking at now. Should we look at Formula One? Uh, yeah, we can do. Now, now <laughs> we're not particularly interested in who's leading the championship, but it was very I clear. I think I could hazard a guess at that. Was, so. it, was it third or fourth place we were talking about a few weeks ago? It was really, really competitive. It's fourth. It, it was fourth. It is, it is <laughs> and you would guess, uh, Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen. Right, that's the fourth place. The fourth. Can I guess? Very close. Can I guess? Go ahead. I'm going to guess that it might be Ricardo now, because he's had those two podiums. Yeah, it so is, Can yes. you give us the fourth, fifth, sixth? And... So, in fourth, it's Ricardo on 95. Mm. In fifth, uh, Charles Leclerc. 85, 6th, Sergio Perez, 82, 7th, Lando Norris, 69 points. So he's dropped, because that wasn't that Lando Norris... was in P4 he after was. his um, P3 at Austria. Yeah. 
Um, and so that certainly but, 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 but he was P4 only a few weeks ago, wasn't he? Because he obviously had yeah. a run yeah. of decent results. Yes, yeah, it was very close. Yeah. Very close. But, and, but then, that, and then eighth is Carlos Sainz, and in ninth, Alex Albon. Um, Alex Albon, he's not having a good run of it, he's is he? He's not. I love him. He's a really nice nice person, really humble, but he's really... He's Are they going to drop him? Are they going to drop him next uh, year? I assume so. Gosh, it seems to be a bit of a poison chalice being Verstappen's teammate. Who do you think will end up there? I personally think Sergio Perez will. Mm. Ed... I think it'll be Nico Hülkenberg. I think the... I do like Nico Hülkenberg. I think the... Mm. He has stepped in this this um, this um year for... Mm. The racing point drivers have been off ill with coronavirus. And he has performed well. Um, I think he qualified P3 at Silverstone. He's taken a P8 from the back of the grid at the Nürburgring. So it's not like he's... So is that... Badly. Is, is, I mean, he, he would be a worthy... Um, replacement. Yeah. Is, is that what people are saying? Uh, or is that just what you're saying? Him or That's Paris? what I think. That's I what think. you think. And have you heard rumours along those lines? A little bit, yeah. A little bit, yeah. okay. Yeah. Both. You, you hear rumours of, of both of them possibly really? going. Because um, I heard that um, they're talking about Perez taking um, Albon seat. No, no, the, the Williams. Russell's oh, seat yeah. to Williams. Yeah. That's been shut down now. Russell and Latifi have been confirmed. Really? Yeah, by the team. That's by the team. That's well, I would then, I would therefore say that surely Perez must be afraid. Is Albon definitely going to be kicked out of Red Bull? Uh, His performance definitely. They haven't confirmed it, but yeah. it's all but confirmed. They are quite ruthless at Red Bull, and, and, and not just in the Formula One team, but even in the, in, in, in the sort of lower categories where you got Red Bull back drivers. If they don't yeah. perform, they are literally out. So yeah. if you got Red Bull backing, and you're maybe a Formula Renault driver or a Formula Three driver. Um, Okay, in many ways that's fantastic, but also there's yeah. a huge amount of pressure. And if you if you stop performing, uh, then that 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 backing um, disappears. And that happened. Yes. With, they will, they they will drop you like a stone. And that happened with Dan Tickton. He um, did. Yes. But he, he was a naughty boy, though, wasn't he? He Dan was. Tickton. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, he wasn't particularly. Because I can't remember what it was, but there's been loads of incidents. Yeah. Involving he's Dan now Tickton. the Williams reserve driver. Is he? Yes. Okay. He has won a race this season. He That's won it. Um, I think he won a silver. Are we talking GP two? Uh, yeah, Formula yeah. two. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, it's called Formula two, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a few years behind. Right. Uh, moving on. What have we got next? Uh, so next we have test the teacher. Well, it's going to be test the teacher and test the pupil. So a slight change this week. So I think we're going to start off with you. test the teacher. I'm going to be asked. I'm going to just accept the, just the one question. I think, isn't it? No, you've got two today. Have I? Yeah. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay, so today we're going to start with which driver stood in for Nigel Mansell at Williams for the 1988 Belgian Grand Prix? I think the answer is the well-known uh, commentator, Martin Brundle. That is right, yes. And then the second and final question for you today is... Which was the first Grand Prix win for Ricardo Patrese? Patrese. Patrese, sorry. Right, okay. Joe, I think the answer is the 1982 Monaco Grand Prix. That is correct. Excellent. And now, the reason why I remember that so well is because it was one of the most remarkable Grand Prix ever. Um, 
I think sort of the, the, the majority of the race was pretty dull. It was dominated, as was often the case, by the Renaults. Um, and I think René Arnoux, I think, might have had some mechanical issues. He might have crashed, I'm not sure. Alan Prost was, I think, um, was going to win the race quite easily. But there was a shower quite late in the race. He then crashed out. And then we had this sort of bizarre scenario where in the last five laps, whoever was leading the race kept on either crashing or run out, running out of fuel. Now, Patrese, I think, inherited the lead and then spun off got going again, but he wasn't in the lead. The other leaders, I think, all ran out of petrol. I think Patrese led, ran out, sorry, not Patrese, Peroni led, he ran out of fuel in the tunnel. Um, I think Derek Daly was due to lead. I think he ran out of fuel. Um, it was the race that really, <laughs> that almost nobody wanted to win. And actually, when Patrese crossed the finish line, he was unaware that he'd actually won the race because of mm. his earlier spin. So, um, quite a remarkable race. Now, the change this week is I'm going to ask you some questions. So my questions are, let's have a look. Joe, your question is this. On which track is the Mistral straight, Joe? Uh, it is in Paul Ricard. Is it the end, is, is, is the end of Sector 2, just oh. before the start of Sector 3? Well, I'm not sure about the, the sectors, but you got the answer right. It is Paul Ricard. Uh, do they use... Long straight. They don't use the chicane anymore. Good. Thank goodness for that. Because they used it they used last it. year. This terrible chicane. Um, very good. It's about a mile long, the Mistral straight. Quite long, yes. Excellent answer. Well, good knowledge. Good circuit knowledge there. Um, I'm going to stick with the subject of circuits. And Ed, here's one for you. On which track is the Curva Grande? Um, I think that would be Monza. You are right. Oh, and do you, do you know which corner it is? I think I do. Okay. Based on process of elimination. <laughs> yes, yeah. Purely. Yeah. Um, it's the, well, it's turn, will be turn three after the first. It, it is. It is. It's that very long. Long, isn't it? It's yeah. a long right hand. Right hand. Yeah. I have spectated at the Curva Grande. Is it good? It's an, it's it's amazing but because actually so you would be going flat out, would you? You would, be? you would. Yeah. What what you would? What's great about the Curva Grande is you can get really really close to the corner. So when the cars are apexing the corner, you are probably a couple of meters away, and they are going flat out. Wow. So funny enough, all, all the circuits I've been to, Monza is the circuit where you are closest to the cars. In fact, the closest I've ever been, um, slightly further on round the circuit, there's the Lesmo corners, Lesmo one. Yeah. You are. It feels like you're a meter away from the car. It, it is that close. Wow. Um, I would strongly, re if you get the opportunity to go to Monza, um, it's a fantastic place to watch. You wouldn't be able racing. to do that nowadays, though, would you? Well, because you wouldn't be social distancing. So uh, yeah. <laughs> you might have to stand back. Very good. Unfortunately, it might be a while before I go there again. Although I, I'm. I think there's a round of the World Sports Car Championship, uh, World Endurance Championship in July. So, you know, hopefully Do that. the COVID business might be over. If it is, I will be going back to Monza. Um, okay, so what's next? Moving on, we are uh, going on to what's your favourite? Oh, now... What what is the question this week? Uh, it is 
the best F1 race? Uh, I'll start. Yes. Okay. So my favourite is Hockenheim 2019. Oh yes. Affected heavily it was. by rain. It was. Um, I just found it really exciting. Uh, there's, there's never really a, a, a place where the action settled down. There was always something, lots of crashes, something there? to watch. Yes. There were lots yeah. of crashes at that last corner. A lot of DNS. Yes. Yeah. Lots People, of spinning out and yes, it was very exciting. People traction at the final corner. Yeah. Didn't, wasn't, wasn't Leclerc leading and he didn't he, Yeah, he went into the wall. Like Is it yes. because that there's, there's, there's a drag strip there? And the runoff of that last corner is over the, the drag strip. And I think the tarmac isn't as good. Had, didn't exactly. have much grip on it. Yes, it is. And also there were standing water in that, which meant yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it wasn't level. So there was puddles within that. And didn't and didn't Vettel uh, like qualify last and finish second or something like that? Yes. And in front of the his home German fans, yeah. that was uh, very exciting to watch. Yeah, of course, well. the year before he was leading the Grand Prix and he crashed. Giving Hamilton the win. Oh, he, he, he did, yeah. didn't he? Oh, right, of course, yeah. Can I just say, on, on the subject of circuits, Hockenheim just might be the worst circuit out there. The reason why I say that is because it used to be four miles long through the forests, long, fast straights, broken up by three chicanes, brilliant racetrack, and then they butchered it and created the, 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 new, the, the new horrible shorter version which I don't like at all I think it might be the worst track out there simply because of how, of how good the track it was before mm-hmm. um, yeah I, I'm, I'm not a fan but but okay I acknowledge it was a good race Ed your favourite um, Grand Prix for me it's between two. Oh, okay. Uh, one is the 2017 Singapore Grand Prix oh, where do you like that track I don't know Joe likes it a lot. Well, especially um, in the dark, sir. You can see everything so well. Silly. It's silly. Carry on. <laughs> um, so it's between Singapore 2017 and Monaco 2018. Um, okay, well, 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 Monaco for, 2018 then. For two quite different reasons. So in Singapore 2017, lots of crashes, um, quite spectacular. 2018, um, it was when Ricardo, I think, had a... A problem with his engine and was massively down in power with Sebastian Vettel charging behind him trying to get past um, I think I'm going to go with Monaco 2018 who won, who won that race? Ricardo because I guess the Monaco is very that's, difficult that's where the famous um, there's a video of him jumping there's a video of him jumping into a uh, pool in front of loads of journalists just going yeah Is that? Yeah. I, I guess even with the down on power engine you can still still win at Monaco yeah, if Monaco, you're yeah. ahead because overtaking yeah. is virtually and impossible. And we've seen that in the last two races. Last year, Hamilton and his tyre problems. Um, he always has tyre problems, I feel. Yeah, mm. which is also a very good race. Funny enough, the, one of the best races I've seen at Monaco was, it, was a few, it wasn't that long ago, but they had a rule. It might have been, might have been 10 years ago, um, where you weren't allowed to change tyres. And so mm-hmm. what you had at the end of the Monaco Grand Prix is, is, is some um, cars, the tyres were completely shot and actually they were then able to overtake. I actually thought that rule where you couldn't change tyres was a really, really good one. Um, I, as you know, I'm not a fan of these pit stops and these, 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 these 
softs, mediums, Hards. and all that. I, I, I think they've, they've made it a lot better since from the ultra soft, super soft. The moment they start talking about medium softs and tire strategy, I have to say, I lose complete interest. I mean, you know, if you're talking about an endurance race, then fine. I, I think that's interesting. But, but, but a Grand Prix should not be about, it should just be fat out. It shouldn't be about tactics. And sir, what about your favourite race? Quite a difficult question, that, because I started watching Formula One in 1982. <laughs> so we're talking, obviously, gosh, it's quite a few years, almost almost 40 years, aren't we? Um, one of the races that stands out the most uh, for me is the 1985 uh, San Marino Grand Prix at Imola. Um it was won by a chap called Elio De Angelis. I mentioned him before. He was a chap who was killed at Poor Card in 86. Um, he won the race despite never leading a lap. Alan Prost was first past the, the flag. He was disqualified for being underweight. The reason why I remember it so well is because the Ferraris, now this is the home track of Ferrari. Yeah. Uh, the Ferraris qualified way back. And Stephanie Hansen in the Ferrari came from way back on the grid to actually take the lead. And that, that was tremendously exciting because the crowd were going bananas. Uh, but also what, what sticks out about that race is so many people ran out of fuel. So Stephanie Hansen takes the lead, the crowd goes bananas, and he takes the lead from, might have been from Senna actually. Then he runs out of fuel. Then Senna runs out of fuel. Everybody ran out of fuel. So that's probably the most memorable Formula One race that I've seen. There we go, 1985, uh, San Marino Grand Prix. Um, top tip, have a look on YouTube. It, it, it's on there. Um, certainly worth a look. Good. Okay, and moving on to Motorsport A to Z. And this week the letter is... F? F. I'm going to go first. F. I've mentioned this a few times. My F is going to be Formula 3000. Now... Formula 3000 is, um, well, think Formula 2. It's what Formula 2 was, you know, back to 20 years or so ago. Formula 3000 started in 1985. I went to the first ever Formula 3000 race. It was at Silverstone. Um, I remember it well because it absolutely chucked it down. that make it more exciting? There were lots and lots of spins. Um, it was certainly an incident pack race. It, I mean, I've been to hundreds of motor races. Was that the wettest race I've been to? Quite possibly. Wow. Certainly in the top three wettest races I've been at. So I used to love... So Form 3000, in that first year, some of the chassis were ex-Formula 1 chassis. I think there were sort of Williams chassis, Arrow chassis. I think Lola produced a chassis based on their IndyCar. Uh, you had uh, Ralph built their own chassis. You had lots of different chassis. They all had... Three litre uh, Cosworth engines. Um, cars are quite basic. Racing was excellent. Um, and 40,000 evolved into, it became a one make series. I think that they were then became Lola chassis. Then it became slightly less interesting. And then that then evolved into G, GP2, which is now known as Formula 2. Am I right? Yeah. I think so. Ah, okay, so that's me. Uh, Joe, what about you? What's your F? So, uh, my F is Felipe Massa. Oh, yes, okay, very good. Uh, so, current F uh, Formula E driver. Oh, he is, isn't he? Um, and as you may know, I, like, I quite like watching Formula E. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure very much needs to be said. He's, uh, I, I can't Who did he race for, mainly? Ferrari. Yeah. And Williams. He did, didn't he? But his wins came with Ferrari. Ferrari, mostly. Yeah. He was particularly good. He had a, quite a few <laughs> wins. At, two seconds in particular. I think you'll find that he won quite a few races at Bahrain. I think also he won quite a few races at Turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was number two to... Alonso. No, he was number two to Alonso. No, sorry. Yeah. In terms, sorry. You right. He came second in the championship didn't yeah, he, to, yeah. to Hamilton. And that was on the last lap he came across thinking he'd won it. That's right. And then Hamilton took that last lap overtake to get to P8, yeah. he did, meaning he yeah. won by one point. So poor old Massa and as was world champion for Ed, about five seconds. Yeah, Ed and I were thinking, um, oh, that's, uh, oh Ed, Ed and I were speaking about this earlier before yeah. the show. And I was saying, well, uh, how does that how does that impact the race? After all, Abu Dhabi always ends the, the season. And then I was oh, thinking, yes. oh, of yes. course. That it was... used to be uh, the end. Thinking about Abu Dhabi, I think it gets, um, not hate, but I think people don't enjoy it. I think it's the, the track. I think it's, it's I've got an opinion about great. the track, which you it's believe. Not great, it's not a great track. No. But the spectacle, the event that it is, I think is is certainly a good way to end up the okay. F1 season. Is it a better racing? Did it better racing produced uh, than in uh, Interlagos? I, I, no, I no, no, no. It wouldn't be as good as Interlagos. No. But it's more of a spectacle. It's more of a scene. So you're saying it's a more it's more an appropriate way, a better, a better location, better venue for an end of season race. But as a track, it, it, it isn't. I'm going to make this comment about the track. I quite like the first two corners. They're quite fast. They, then goes into very slow chicane. This is the bit I really hate. Followed hairpin. by a hairpin. You either have a chicane or a hairpin. Do not put a hairpin after chicane. And there's that an is, annoying gap between them. I, mean, I know. Really I know. It's stupid. Yeah. yeah. It is silly. You don't put a chicane just for a hairpin. And then you have you, two very long straights split between a chicane. But I do like sector three, personally. Which is sector three? Is that the sort of the that's, street that's circuit type Essentially, yeah. yeah, I like that. Well, I think um, the track was designed by Herman Tilke, who's designed yeah. a lot Ooh. of other yeah. um, F1 tracks. Can I, can I comment like, on that? I think he's done Bahrain, and one of the more recent ones he's done. Hannah, we haven't seen him racing there yet. But um, Basically, every, you're right. Most, most new tracks. circuits are designed by Herman Tilke. Um, I'm not a fan of Herman Tilker or, well, not a fan of his work because it, the tracks he's created, I think, with one exception, have been awful. What's, do you know what the exception is? Turkey. Turkey. Yeah. I don't, don't know what, I don't know what happened when, when he designed Turkey because he <laughs> somehow produced a great racetrack. His other racetracks are terrible. Well, we'll see about Hanoi. Yeah. Hanoi, sorry. Yeah, Hanoi. it'll be terrible. It'll be terrible. I can guarantee you that. If it's designed by Herman Tilke, it'll be Sect- terrible. Sector 3 of Hanoi is quite nice. You've got yeah. some bars. Oh, have you played um, this on your... Yeah, yeah. on consoles. So we know okay. Like. Yeah. So you know more than I do. Do you think it's quite a good... Sector 1's awful. Sector 2's straight. Sector 2's the whole straight. But Sector 3 is good. Well, what's Sector 1? Is it full of, sort of twisty... Uh, it's basically so it's a, it's two it's roundabouts. Sharp left, oh, God. right, it's chicane, oh, and then you head into the straight. Yeah, okay. And then but then sector massive... two is just a really, really long straight. It's just a one massive straight. If you excuse the pun, and I, I used this pun last week, we've gone slightly off track because we were on the on talking about Fs and we then we've gone to Abu Dhabi, which actually is A. So before we lose track of what we're talking about, Ed, your F. Uh, my F is Formula 2. Oh, isn't that funny? That's why we had the heart and mouth moment. There we 
God. Yeah, um, that leads perfectly on. It does. We should have got yeah. me first, then you two. You're right. Yes. Exactly. So, tell me why you like Formula Two. I think Formula Two is very underrated. Yeah. I think more people should watch Formula Two. I think it's a brilliant championship, very close at the moment. Really? Uh, between the Ferrari junior drivers with Schumacher, Eiler, Schwartzman. Um, yeah, I think. And um, your reaction kind of sums up. No one well, really knows about it. I'll tell you why I don't know about it because I don't have Sky F1 anymore. And if you don't have Sky F1, you won't know anything you about Formula watch. 2, will you? Because there are no highlights on, you know, obviously with the, with the Formula 1, there's highlights on Channel 4. But on YouTube, I, I, I yeah. assume there would be. Well, there, I guess there would be. Okay, okay from now on, on your start. recommendation, we I'm going to start watching the GP. Sorry. Not GP2. <laughs> it's the, it's the, sorry. Formula 2 hi- highlights. And I'll um, do that as well. Actually, here we go. You know, I was talking about Formula 3000 earlier. Mm-hmm. So Formula 3000 started in 1985. Formula 3000 replaced, guess what? Formula 2. <laughs> so we've gone full circle full there. Circle. Yeah. So Formula 2 ended in 1984, then became Formula 3000, which became GP2, and now we're back to the Formula 2. Do you know when it became Formula 2? Oh, sir, just in. Hold on. 17. 2017. Okay. Justin, uh, Formula 2 to be renamed Formula 3000. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, Joe. Right, moving on. Where where are we up to now? We are up to predictions. Predictions. Formula 1 and MotoGP. Should we go MotoGP first? Just just to to, bring the changes a bit. So, this weekend, let's have a thing. MotoGP, it must be the... uh, Valencian uh, MotoGP. Um, as I said before, I mean, making predictions is impossible. I, I, tell, I tell you, you won't win. A Ducati rider will not win. Ducatis are completely, even the Primac Ducati team, who've been doing really well, were nowhere um, uh, at the last race. Predictions, the, the best bike it seems to be is Suzuki. So I'm going to go for, I tell you what, Johan Mir has got to win a race. I want Johan Mir to win. Because I, I don't want a world championship champion who hasn't won a, yes. a race. Joanne Mir or Alex Rins, uh, one of those two, I think, will win the race. My prediction is Miller. Okay. Do a win. Uh, can I just he's my favourite. Can I just say that's a favorite. little bit optimistic, but you never know. Ed, do you have a <laughs> prediction at all for that? Uh, could be anyone. Well, that, 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 could, could be, be anyone. I mean, it could be Nakagami, who, as we said, dominated yeah. the race weekend. Yeah. But apart from the fact he, he's I don't want uh, Joanne to win. Really? Yeah, I want it to be. Um, you, you, you want the champion to, yeah. to, to well, win? That, well, it'd be remarkable. It'd be, it'd be brilliant. Well, yeah, yeah. That would be quite fun. Well, certainly be a quiz question in sort of 20 years' time, wouldn't it? Yeah. I think that probably wraps it up uh, for uh, today's show. So it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from Joe. And goodbye from Ed. This was an SJC Radio production. The writers and presenters were Mr Bird, Joe and Ed. And this week's episode was also produced and edited by Mr Bird. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pit Stop with Mr. Bird. There's a few new things I want to make you aware of. We've got a new website, which you can find by going online to shows.acast.com forward slash pitstop, where you can also find links to our Twitter and uh, on the About page, more information about the hosts as well. We're also on lots more platforms in addition to where you're listening to us now. So we're now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music and lots more, as well as TuneIn like we've been on since we started. So head over to those platforms to subscribe on the most convenient one for you and find all our back catalogue of episodes to listen to again as well.